morning. How you doing this morning? I'm glad you know it's 9 and 11. I don't know how many people said this morning they weren't sure. They didn't know what happened. A couple people, more than a couple people came in like the last 10 minutes of the first service. And so here we are, 2022. Are you ready? Well, a couple people over. Are, are you ready? 2022. Yeah, yeah. As we were singing that song, he picked me up, he turned me around, set my feet on solid ground. Are you thankful you're saved today? How many people know Jesus Christ? Amen? Amen. I thought of that. I was born and raised in church. This is the testimony I got. This is the way it is. And the name of Jesus really became, I became numb to the name of Jesus complacent to the name of Jesus. I was a church kid going to hell, but he picked me up, turned me around, set my feet on solid ground. I'm forever grateful that I'm saved, born again, following Jesus today. He put a passion in me, and I never want to let it go. I want to serve him. I want to see people come to Christ. Amen? We want to live loud for Jesus, taken from James 1.22. That's our theme for 2022 that our, our words and our actions would match, that we would be bold, committed, that uh, the truth of God would be heard uh, from us to the world around us. We're living in, in a day that really needs the real Jesus, and we can see that all around us. Man, so many so-called gray areas. What, you know, is right is now wrong, and what is wrong seems to be right. And the thing is that God's called us to be uncompromising. He's called us to, to have a biblical worldview, to live loud for him. And that's what I want us to do, live loud for Jesus Christ. We're not going to be silenced. We're not going to back off. We're not going to be controlled, but we're going to live loud for Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, and with that, as we talk about life and living life, life can be challenging at times. How many would agree with that. Some challenges in living life. Difficulties in living life. In fact, it can be hard sometimes. You can think about, well, you know, there's some people I know that are having health problems today and uh, job issues and family issues or finances. And so, you know, life doesn't always cooperate with my plans. Doesn't always go the way I want it to go. In fact, you know, uh, some prayers I'm praying, I still haven't seen God answer those prayers in the way I want to see God answer those prayers. And so, uh, you know, when this happens and you see people that are experiencing some of the difficulties and challenges, challenges of life, sometimes people really just kind of stop living and start existing. And I think we've seen too much of that in the last two years with COVID, just kind of stop living and existing, and I've even seen some people kind of just check out and said, you know what, I'm just going to put in my time on planet Earth, and, and I'm just going to wait till it's all over, and I'm going to move on. But I want to tell you, God has more for us. He has more for us than just existing. He's called us to live. And so when we get knocked down, where do we get the resilience to keep on going and, and not giving up and to keep on going when you don't feel like? keep on going. You know, where do you do that? After a loss in life, after a disappointment in life, or a failure in life? How many's had a loss before? Let, let's be honest. 
Somebody said a disappointment. How about a failure? I want to tell you something. You're not going to be a true success until you fail. No one's a success until they fail. You're going to be a success when you've had some failures along the way. Everyone that's been a success in life, they've had failures. Everybody that we look at the Word of God and say, she's a success, he's a success for Jesus, they've all failed at some time or another in life. And sometimes there are people, you know, that they've had these failures in life and losses in life and disappointments in life. And what is human nature? We tend to just kind of isolate ourselves, pull ourselves into a shell. As I said, we just kind of start existing. Put your time in. And then there are some people that it seems to be that they live loud. No matter what happens, they get knocked down, they get back up. They, no matter what happens, they get knocked down, they get back up, they get back into the game, and they have this resilience to keep on going again and again and again. And they make a decision, I'm not going to exist, but I'm going to live the life God has for me. John 10.10 10 says, a thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life. No matter what the situation, no matter what the difficulty, no matter what's going on in this world. And so... As we get started, we're really going to talk about Job. But before we look at Job, I, I want us to see, I think the Apostle Paul sets Job up for us, what we're going to pull these life lessons out of Job. Because Paul, the Apostle, was resilient. And he kind of says what we need to see in this man, Job. So 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 4, verse 8, 9, and 13, and 16. We are hard-pressed on every side by troubles. But we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we're not destroyed. But we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believe God, so I spoke. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. Every day. I want to have that kind of resilience. I want you to have that kind of resilience. I want us as a church to have that kind of resilience. I want to see the church in America today to have this kind of resilience in the Lord Jesus Christ. So stand with me if you would. And our big idea this morning is when life is difficult, not if, but when life is difficult, we can still be doers of the word and live loud for the Lord. James 1, 22 Let's be doers of the word and not hearers only. When life is challenging, I can still live loud for Jesus Christ. I can live loud. So take your Bible, if you would, with me. Help me out today. Okay, we're going to two services. This is just the beginning. We're going to build from here. I am believing God to do some great things in 2022. And maybe to go to two services, when the temperature is three degrees, it may not be the best day to start that. But we're going to build from here, and we're going to see the house of God packed by the time we finish 2022. Amen? How many going to believe with me? Amen. So help me today, just like we were packed Christmas Eve and had a good crowd a few weeks ago. So help me preach the word today together. So let's take God's word and believe the Lord's going to show us some things today, and we're going to be open and receptive and not only believe God, but we're going to obey God, act on the word of God. So join me, if you would, please. This is my Bible. This is the Word of God. I am what it says I am, 
I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. When I read and hear the word, faith comes to my spirit. I boldly confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the word of God, and it will change my life. I'll never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Follow along. Use the app, the notes. But how to keep going when you don't feel like you want to keep going? How to keep going when you don't feel like it? So our example is Job today. And he's real. He's a real man. His book in the Bible is just before the book of Psalms. Now, this isn't in chronological order. Job lived. He lived before Moses. He lived before the Ten Commandments. He lived before Father Abraham. And in fact, he really didn't live in the land of Israel. He lived across the Jordan River to the east. He lived south a little bit in the land of us going toward Arabia. And we see Job. I said he was real. He was the wealthiest man in the earth at that time the most influential man on the earth at that time, the most prominent man on the earth at that time. We see that, that Job uh, had all of this, this wealth and influence and prominence. And God tells Satan, you know, have, have you seen my servant Job? He's blameless. He's a man of complete integrity. He honors me. He stays away from evil. And then we see in one day, in a 24-hour period, his entire life fell apart. In one day, in 24 hours. We see Satan attacks Job's character, his property, his family, his wife, everything. And I say this, Satan attacks, because Satan is real, and we'd be quite naive not to think Satan is real. We'd be quite naive not to think Satan, you know, is not real in our personal lives at times, and he's not real in the world in which we're living right now and what he is doing in our nation today. And so we see uh, the Word of God tells us that he's our opponent, he's our hater, our accuser, our adversary, our enemy, the one who hinders and re resists and obstructs whatever is good. He is a liar. He's a deceiver. He is our faithful enemy. And Job loses his entire wealth, thousands and thousands of his livestock, his flocks, his cattle, his goats, his ranch, his farm. Everything is destroyed in one day. His children, ten of them, they die in a storm. He has servants that are murdered by terrorists. And in that day, he contracts a terribly painful illness. And then on top of that, we see in chapter 2, verse 4, excuse me, verse 9, his wife is telling him, do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. Well, that really helps, doesn't it? I've lost everything in this one day. And now my wife is telling me, my helpmate given to me, my God. Oh, thank you. Won't you just curse God and die? Get it over with. You know, you think you're having a bad day. He got a Ph.D. in loss in one day, a Ph.D. in grief in one day, a Ph.D. how to handle a life crisis in one day. And so the thing we look at, Satan tempts us 
and God tests us. God doesn't tempt us, but he tests us. So how do you keep going when you don't feel like it? Number one, I'm going to go through six things real quickly, and then I'm going to ask you, you see up here, we're going to write on the wall. What are you believing God to do in 2022? What are you believing God to do in 2022? So what do you do, first of all? Tell God how you feel. I want to say this, and sometimes we're uncomfortable with this because we're good Christians. Unload on God. Vent on God. Tell God all of your frustrations and your emotions. Release it all to God because I'm here to tell you God can handle it. Amen? Amen. God can handle it. We don't realize it. When you trust God with your negative emotions, it's really an act of worship. Look in verse 20 here. Job stood up, tore his robe in grief, then he shaved his head, fell to the ground to worship. Shaving your head, sackcloth and ashes were a symbol of mourning and, and a grief and repentance. Sackcloth, what's that? That's black goat's hair he put on that was uncomfortable and itchy. He said, I'm going to wear this now and put it on his skin. And I'm going to tell you, I, I'm a little bit funny. There, there, there's some sweaters I won't wear that's too itchy. I cut the tags off my shirts and anything else. I don't want to feel it on my neck. He puts sackcloth on. He shaves his head. Ashes symbolize desolation and ruin. So what is Job doing here? He's visibly expressing his pain to God. Stands up, tears his robe off, falls to the ground, and he worships. And so what we're seeing is when you go through some kind of disappointment, some kind of loss, there's four emotions, basically, that we're going to go through in life. And the first one's going to be anger. It's natural. Why is this happening to me? I can't believe this. Chapter 7, verse 11. He says, I cannot keep from speaking. I must express my anguish, my bitter soul, must complain. And then grief, what have I lost? And then shock, well, what do I do now? And then the fear, what is going to happen to me next? So what are we supposed to do with these emotions? You've got all these emotions running through. You experience all these emotions, sometimes all at the same time, maybe sometimes this day, that day, this day, that day. I want to tell you something. Take them to Jesus. There's a song we'd sing when I was a kid in church. I must tell Jesus all of my burdens and griefs to bear. Take them to Jesus. Tell your neighbor, take them to Jesus. If you don't have a neighbor, turn around and look at somebody. Take them to Jesus. Take them to Jesus. Take them to Jesus. All of my grief, all of my pain. God can handle your frustration, your anger, your hurt. God can handle all of your emotions because he gave them to you. You're creating the image of God. Our God has emotions. We are creating the image of God. And we need to know that God is bigger than our emotions. Just like when your child has a temper tantrum. How many have had your children have a temper tantrum? How many your children's had the temper tantrum in the aisle at the grocery store? Oh, yeah. Uh, we, we, they, they tried to have them in the grocery store. Uh, well, this store's gone now. Toys are us or wherever we are, you know, try to do that. And, uh, you know, I just tried to tell them, hey, 
I'm not afraid to take you to the bathroom, and you're going to, you know, get it there. No, Dad, don't spank me, you know, don't spank me. And they thought they could, you know, shut me down, my oldest son especially, you know. He's taking me to the bathroom. He's going to hit me. And I said, yes, I am. I'm going to hit him hard right in the spot God made for it, you know. You know, <laughs> yeah. The thing is, you know, they have a tantrum. You're bigger than they are. You can handle it. Our God is bigger than we are. He can handle everything we have to throw at him. Everything. Everything. So Job starts off with confusion. Why? 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 How many's ever been there before? Why? 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 Then he goes to complaining. I don't like this at all. And it, here's, the, here, here's what we do. This isn't fair. This isn't fair, God. And then he accuses God. God, you're not nice. In fact, God, you're not a nice God at all. You're not nice. And, and God takes it. He handles it. You see, the right response, and we think because we're good Christians, the right response is automatically, oh, praise God, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. And you know what? Sometimes, maybe not right away, that could be a little phony and a little insincere because right now I, I'm not praising God and it's not hallelujah. See, God wants you to be honest with him. God's not looking for a pious platitudes. He's interested in our honest struggles. He knows our heart. I have two grown sons, two grown sons. I've been on this planet longer than they have. But sometimes, can you believe this? They've questioned my judgment and my wisdom. Can you believe that? Yeah. But they've never, ever questioned my love for them. And that's the thing. That's okay. I want them to be able to question some of these things. I can handle it. But they've never, ever questioned my love for them. Secondly, accept help from others. This is what Job did. Now, his friends weren't really great helpers, and they ain't doing much good, but Job did this because the truth is we need each other. We can't handle all of this on our own, all of our pain on our own. We are created to be social beings. We see very in the beginning, and it's a marriage relationship, but this is a picture of how we need people. It is not good for man to be alone right there in Genesis chapter 2. So we're made to be in relationships. And here's the problem. When we go through a major disappointment or a challenge in life or a difficulty, many times we don't want to tell anybody about that. Go through that loss. You know, we don't want to tell anyone about that. It's kind of a natural thing. I'm going to pull back. I'm going to isolate. I'm going to withdraw. And even though Job's friends didn't help him and give him the best advice, this is what Job says in chapter 6, verse 14. One should be kind to a fainting friend, but you accuse me without fear of almighty God. And there's going to be times that you lack faith. There's going to be times that you're going to doubt God. There's going to be times in life that you're going to have fear. And that's when we need people in our life to say, I'm going to walk with you. If you don't have faith right now, I have faith right now. If you can't pray right now, I can pray right now. If you can't believe right now, I'm going to believe right now. If you're hurting right now, I'm going to stay right here. I'm going to hurt with you and I'm not going anywhere. We need people at times when we don't have enough. We need each other. Amen. 
Amen. I'm praying for you. I'm believing God for you. I'm trusting God for you in this moment. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, So encourage each other and build each other up just as you're already doing. And then Mark 12.31, Love your neighbor as yourself. By helping each other with your troubles, you obey the law of Christ. What's the law of Christ? We hear that. That's the law of love. Love, the law of Christ. So, you know, pain's that great equalizer. Doesn't matter who you are, young, old, rich, or poor. We all go through pain at times. And then what do we do when we don't feel like it? Here it is. I mentioned it already. Stop asking why, why, why. It doesn't help the pain. It only prolongs the pain. This is something Job had to learn. He had to learn this. He had to learn it the hard way. And he didn't get it right for a long time. He was full of questions, all kind of questions. In fact, we see Job ask questions for 37 chapters. But eventually he got it, and he stopped asking. And it took time. Chapter 3, we see several verses in chapter 3. And he says, why wasn't I born dead? Why didn't I die as I came from the room? Why was I laid on my mother's lap? Why did she nurse me? Why give light to those in misery and life to those who are bitter? Why, God? Why, God? Why, God? God, do you even know what you're doing, God? And all of us have done this. We think we deserve an explanation. I want an explanation. Why, God? And there's some things in life I want an explanation. There's some, there's some things that God hasn't answered yet, and I've been asking God. How many have some why, God, things going on? You know, I don't understand this, God. This doesn't make sense to me at all, God. If this and this and why this and we think we need an explanation, and we think it will help. But, but I've come to a place that's a misconception. What we need really is God's strength and God's presence and God's power. We want the truth, and we think we want the truth, but the truth is most of the time, right then and there, we can't handle the truth. Remember that? You can't handle the truth. That's what we think. You see, God reveals and he conceals. Proverbs 25.2, it is God's privilege to conceal things and the king's privilege to discover them. See, we really don't need an explanation. We need God. We need a savior. We, we need comfort. We need support. The thing is, God doesn't owe us an explanation in life because we won't always understand. Why did he walk out of my life? Why did she walk out of my life? Why did I lose that position why did they betray me? Why did they let me down? Why didn't that work out? Why did they break that promise? Why did my loved one die? Why, why, why did she get sick? Why am I sick? And I've thought about that. And we've all thought about that. And, and the thing is, we come back to this. There's sometimes we just don't know why. And that's where we're going to have to park it sometimes, in the lot of I don't know why. Some things I'll never know in this life. God does reveal, and he only reveals because he's chosen to reveal. And he does reveal himself and things in his word and prayer and worship and praise in circumstances and situations and nature. God does reveal, and he's chosen to reveal himself, but he doesn't owe us an explanation, even though I would like an explanation. 
you know, God doesn't have to check in with me first before he does something. I don't have to give God permission. Have you found out he's God and you're not? Yeah, he's God. He really is. I'm not always going to understand why. But one day, say it with me, one day. One day. There is a day. One day. There is a day. That day is coming. And one day it will all make sense. And I believe this. 1 Corinthians 13, 9 and 12. Now our knowledge is partial and incomplete. Now we see things imperfectly like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that we know is partial and incomplete. But then I will know everything completely just as God knows me completely. And then in heaven, in eternity, it also says in Revelation 21, 3 and 4, I have heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Somebody say amen. And there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There will be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Thank you, Jesus. One day, it'll make perfect sense. Trust God when you don't understand. There are times in life I said we're just not going to understand. I want to say this. God always answers prayer. He always does. Sometimes it's yes. That's the one I like. Yes. Sometimes it's wait. That's tough, isn't it? Not yet. Not yet. Sometimes it's, why don't you be the answer? You know, we want things to fall out of the sky and everything to work out. Sometimes he says, why don't you be the answer? And then sometimes God says stuff like this. Are you kidding me? What in the world are you thinking, John? But God always answers prayer. Always answers prayer. We're 37, chap 37 chapters Job is asking the why question. Why, God? Why is this happening to me? Why are you allowing this? Why so much pain? Why haven't you answered my prayers yet? Why, why, why? And Job is asking God questions over and over again. And then we see chapters 38 and 39, things begin to change. And God begins to ask Job a few questions of his own that only he can answer. Only God can answer. Questions like, okay, Job, where were you when I made the heavens and the earth? Where were you when I made this universe? Hey, Job, can you explain the law of gravity to me? Hey, Job, do you understand why the sun is so hot? See, asking questions like that. Hey, Job, can you explain the mind of a woman to me? No, I just threw that one in there. But, but he's asking these questions that only God can answer. And Job realizes after listening to God's questions, who am I to question God? I'm just human. I'm just mortal. I'm just a man. My knowledge is limited. My brain capacity is too small. I really don't know anything. And if we could understand God, why God does what he does, you know what? You'd be God. And the thing is, you're not God. I'm obviously not God. We're not God. Only God is God. Our finite human minds will never understand the infinite God. And we see Job starts trusting God and in chapter 42. Then Job replied to the Lord. 
I know that you can do anything and no one can stop you. I want us to believe that, amen? Come on. You can do anything, nobody can stop you. That's a good thing. You ask, who is this that questions my wisdom with ignorance? It is I. I was talking about things I knew nothing about, things far too wonderful for me. I take back everything I said. I sit in dust and ashes. I show you my repentance, God. So what do you do when your situation where you don't see what God sees, when you can't see the whole picture? And that's what happens a lot of times in life. Things that don't make sense. What do you do? You remind yourself. Somebody needs to write this down. You remind yourself of what you do know about God. So much I don't know, but this is what I do know. This is what Job says in chapter 10. I know that God is all-powerful. And then he says to his wife in chapter 2, verse 10, you speak as one of the foolish women speaks. Shall we indeed accept good from God, and shall we not accept adversity? And, and I like this. In all of this, in all of this, Job did not sin with his lips. Oh, praise God. That's powerful right there. All these questions, all of the pain, all the frustration, all the accusations, all of that, but yet he did not sin. Verse 13 and 15, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. He's saying, God, I don't understand this at all. But he reminds himself, but I know, God, who you are. I know that you are good. I know that you're faithful. I know that you're true. I know you keep your promises. I know you have a plan for my life. I know you'll never leave me nor forsake me. I know you know every detail of my life. I know that you are in control. I know that you are protecting me. I'm saying to you, God, I am trusting you even though I don't understand any of this. I'm going to just keep living by faith. So Job is coming to a place what I'd say is not just maturity, but of great maturity. And maybe someone needs to hear this this morning. Yeah, we've all gone through some stuff. We've all had challenges. We've all had pain. And in fact, the last two years have gotten a little more challenging for everybody. And some of you have gone through some real pain and disappointment, senseless stuff and things happening in your life. that you don't understand. And this is what I want you to hear. God wants you to know that he's bigger. He's bigger than what that person said to you. He's bigger than that stupid mistake that they made. He's bigger than your stupid mistake. He's bigger than your faults. He's bigger than your failures. And he's bigger than your frustration. He's bigger than your anger. He's bigger than your pain. And he's bigger than your sin. Our God is bigger. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. He's bigger. Hallelujah. He's bigger. That's what he wants you to know. Our God is bigger than your disappointment. And then refuse to become bitter. He lost everything, his family, his wife, his health. But, but this is what he said. Refuse to become bitter. Bitterness is going to kill you. Pain won't kill you, but bitterness will. But this is what he said in, in chapter 1. Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all of this, Job did not sin nor charge God with wrong. Mike spoke about grief so well several weeks ago because they've been through it. I'm going to tell you. 
It's hard for us to accept this, but grief is a good thing. Grief is a good thing. We don't handle it well many times. I think especially men, we don't handle it well. We want to push it down. But here's what I'm going to say. Bitterness is a bad thing, a harmful thing. Grief is God's gift to us. Grief is the tool to get you through the painful transitions of life, our grieving over it's losing someone, whether it's losing something that was important to us, whether it's having a disappointment, whether it's losing a position, a job, finances, or whatever it is. Pain will not kill you, but bitterness will kill you every time. Losses will happen in life. Setbacks will happen in life. How many's had some setbacks in life? How many's had losses in life? I'm going to tell you again, you're never going to succeed until you've had a failure in life. And this is what losses can do. Losses deepen me, but they don't define me. Your setback is a setup for a comeback. Amen? Amen. And then the last but not least, face your future with courage. Chapter 11, verse 13 through 18 tells us that the darkest times in our life, this is what Job tells us right here in chapter 11, verse 13 through 18, the darkest times in our life can be the tunnel to the brightest times in our life. I want you to know you have a future. I have a future. We have a future. We don't grow. We don't really get to know God in the good times, the easy times, in the mountaintop experiences. You're never really going to know God, understand the heart of God, hear the voice of God. You're never going to have the peace of God, the strength of God, the vision of God until you meet God in the valley, in the depth, in the challenge, in the hurt, in the pain and disappointment. That's where you're going to meet God, and that's where you're going to find out my God is bigger when you think you can't crawl out of there and you think you can't get out of there. And when you think there's not going to be a tomorrow, you're going to meet God at your lowest place. And that's going to be your transitioning point to the bright future God has for you. Amen? That's where you meet God. You need to know that in Christ. How many people are in Christ today? You're born again. In Christ. In Christ. I am more than a conqueror through Christ who saved me and loved me. Now, I like what Job says here in verse 10 of chapter 42. I, I, I'm, I'm just, some Christians really have a problem with this. And that just really kind of saddens my heart. Because it says right here, Indeed the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. I'm going to receive that. The Lord gave Job twice as much. God could have given him one more, two more. God made a choice. I'm going to give you twice as much, Job. Somebody think you've lost so much. You've been disappointed so much. The pain has been too great. The grief has been too much. I want you in 2022 to start maybe believing God that he could give you twice as much than you had before. Somebody believe that with me right now. Come on. How many's going to believe that with me? Twice as much in 2022. I didn't plan to say that, but I'm going to say that. Twice as much in 2022. Oh, you don't know how much I've lost. You don't know my financial setback. You don't know the pain of that lost relationship. How about twice as much in 2022 as you set 
your heart toward the Lord, set your eyes upon Jesus Christ, and you're going to believe him and you're going to obey him in 2022. God's going to give you more because he's a God that can do exceedingly abundantly above all that I ask or think what the enemy meant for harm or evil. My God can turn it around for your good and the glory of our God. Amen. Come on. Come on. You know, Satan, our hateful enemy, we didn't see his beginning. But our God will enable us to see his end. I like this. I'm not ashamed to say it. I like it. We didn't see his beginning, but we're going to see his end, his humiliation and his torment. It's all right. Revelation 2010. It's all right, man. He's your hater. He's your adversary. He's the deceiver. He's a liar. Here's what we're going to see. Revelation 20.10. The devil who deceived them was cast in the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are. And they will be tormented day and night forever and ever and ever. And I'm not ashamed to say thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. He's defeated. Let's stand together if you would. My prayer for you in 2022 is that you believe God and obey God and determine with the help of the Holy Spirit that you're going to live loud for Jesus Christ. So as we begin to worship right now, I'm going to ask you to come right on the wall. What are you believing God to do in your life in 2022? And uh, right here on either side, we, we have a basket with, with chalk you can there's still room on the wall here and then we have the chalkboards you can write on what are you believing God to do in 2020 that's right you don't have to wait till we start singing then we're going to pray but let's believe God that we're going to live loud this year you're going to live loud for Jesus Christ this year forgetting those things which are behind I'm going to press on toward the prize I'm going to keep my eyes on Jesus I'm going to believe God for more. Hallelujah. Come on out. Yeah. Take that step. Write it in faith. Yeah. God by faith. You don't see it now. You don't feel it now. You don't see how it's possible now. Believe God by faith. We have not because we ask not. Begin to write on the wall of faith. What are you believing God to do in 2022? We're going to leave these up. We're going to leave them up. I know who you are, Lord.
God is still good. You believe God is still good today? Amen. I believe him. I believe him. I want to pray for you this prayer from Colossians 1.11, the Apostle Paul. Because I absolutely believe no matter what the season, what the day, what the challenge, what the difficulty, John 10.10 10 is still true. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you have life and have it more abundantly. So here's my prayer for us, for you. So we pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power. So you'll have all the endurance and patience you need. If it would stop there, that's good. But I like the next sentence. And may you be filled with joy. Joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. I think sometimes we think we're just going to live life, kind of exist, but maybe the joy thing's over. The devil wants to suck the joy out of people, suck the joy out of the church. I refuse to let that happen. I'm going to experience the joy of the Lord. I'm going to live in the joy of the Lord. I'm going to function in the joy of the Lord. I'm going to smile. I'm going to be grateful. I'm going to praise. I'm going to take on each and every day. I'm not going to back off. I'm not going to be silent. I'm going to live loud for Jesus Christ in 2022. We're going to have the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. We persevere. We have patience, and we do it in joy. And we are more than conquerors in joy. We are faithful in joy. We are persevering in joy. We are, we are experiencing you this year in a greater way, in a greater level than we have before. We're going to live loud for you this year. Live loud through us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Hallelujah. If you like prayer, we'll be here and we'll keep you informed about tonight what's happening with the weather and that. We'll put out an email that'll be online.
wanna know you when it's hard to find my faith. I wanna find you in the streets. Wanna be with you, don't you ever leave?